0: John chapter 14, verse number 21, Jesus is speaking and he's speaking to his disciples and he says, he who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me and he who loves me shall be loved by my father and I will love him and will reveal or disclose myself to him. You see, the disciples knew Jesus, didn't they? They were walking with him, they heard him, they were talking with him, walking with him, handling him, they were touching him, right? Jesus was teaching them, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a crash course of a weekend. It, Jesus was walking and talking with them and teaching them over, over quite a period of time, wasn't he? But Jesus is telling them there's more, there's more. How many of you know, it doesn't matter how long you're walking with Jesus, there's more. There's more. There's a deeper relationship that Jesus wants to bring you in. D- Jesus wants to teach us more. Amen. How many of you know you cannot know all there is to know about Jesus? It, take, it would take this lifetime and more just to even... We just can't. We can't even come close to understanding. But Jesus is a, a one who wants to reveal to us and disclose to us Things that will transform our lives according to his word. Amen? So Jesus says, look what he says. He says, he who has my commandments or his teachings or his word. How many of you have the word of God? The teachings of Christ, the commandments. As Joe read this morning, we are commanded to praise. We're not suggested that we praise God. We're commanded to praise God. Amen? And uh, praise the Lord. And I had people get mad at me. Because I suggested, I said, you know, lift your hands and praise the Lord. How dare you tell me to lift my hands and praise God? How dare you? Those were the words that were spoken to me. And I'm saying, listen, I'm not, I'm, I'm not pulling your strings. I'm just encouraging you to lift your hands and praise the Lord. Amen? There's, that's the commandment of God, that we lift our hands and praise the Lord. And so God commands us. And he said, he who has my commandments and keeps them. We've got to be not just hearers of God's word. We've got to be doers of God's word. Amen. And so when we hear the word of God, we receive it into our heart with gladness and we apply it to our lives by being doers of the word of God. And God says, Jesus says, that if you keep them, you love me. If you do them, you love me. And if you love me, I'm going to reveal to you even more. You know, people pray for more faith, more faith. God is saying, you act on the faith that you have. you've got a faith of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. When you exercise your faith there, then it will, there could be more. But we don't need more, but we need more of God's word, amen? And we can go from faith to faith and glory to glory. But when it comes to God's word, we can, we, we've got to be hungry for more of God's word. Lord, how many of you, when you're, I don't care how long you've been serving Jesus, walking with Jesus, I don't care how long you've been born again, every time you read God's word, God's word shows you God, Jesus shows you something and you say, wow, i never seen that before. Wow, that is really speaking to my heart. Amen. How many of you have been in that place? I don't care how long you've been reading God's word. God will always show you something, something he's not going to add to his word. Don't get me wrong. He's not going to add to his word. But he's going to give you insight, revelation that's going to change you and challenge you to to be more like Jesus. And so Jesus says to him, he says, if you love me and keep my word, my father and I will love you and will reveal ourselves to him. Now, didn't didn't they know who Jesus was? They knew who Jesus was. But Jesus says, there's more to me than than you know right now. How many of you know you don't know all there is to know about Jesus right now? Hallelujah. We know that he's our redeemer, that he's our savior, that he's the son of the living God. Amen. That he's gone to prepare a place for us. But there is so much more in relationship with Jesus. You know, the more time you spend with someone, the deeper you know them. You know, I loved my wife. I fell in love with her from the moment I saw her. It was humming a humming a hub-, a hub. I loved her. But the more time I spent with her, the more I knew her, the deeper my love grew for her, and the more I find out about her. I find out things about her every day. And then I say, whoa, you know, and that's how it is with Jesus. The more you love him and spend time with him, he just he just brings you into a whole deeper place, a deeper relationship. And he says my father and I and and in a few verses down he says and the Holy Spirit, all three of them are actively engaged in a deeper relationship in wanting you to come deeper in with them. Now go with me to 2nd Peter. Go with me to 2nd Peter chapter number one. Hallelujah. 2nd Peter chapter number one. And I want to read from... uh, verses 1 to 4, and then we're going to go over them. 2 Peter chapter number 1, verses 1 to 4. And I pray if you take notes, write these down, jot down the verses, go home, reflect on them, meditate on them, and uh, have God speak to you in a greater way. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received the faith of the same kind as ours, by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence." For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises. And I'm going to just end it there. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We've said God so told us this is a year uh, where God is elevating us, bringing us onward and upward. Amen. And God wants us to go upward in our knowledge of Christ. God wants us to be ever increasing in our relationship with him, in our knowledge of who he is and his word and his ways and his thoughts and all these things. So we want to go upward in our knowledge of Christ. How many of you want to go upward in our knowledge of Christ? We don't want to slide downward. We don't want to stay on this level. We want to get on the elevator and boom, go upward. Amen. I want to go upward in my knowledge of Jesus, meaning I want to know him more today than I did yesterday. How many of you can say amen to that? Amen. I want to know Jesus more today than I did yesterday. It starts off here in in verse number one. Those who have received or obtained like precious faith. How many of you know faith is a gift? It's a precious gift. It is not something we earn or deserve. It's something that God freely chooses. I don't know why he chose to do that, but he chose to give us faith. Precious faith. faith without faith, it is impossible to please God. Why did God give us faith? So that we might believe and that we might be pleasers of Him. Please God. God wants to bless us, and as He blessed, He wants us to please Him by doing, living for Him, and coming to Him crying, Abba, Father. There's nothing more pleasing. So God has given us precious faith. And it says to those who have obtained, precious faith by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. How does faith come to any of us? Through Jesus Christ. Amen. Because God so desired it. God so decreed it that through my son Jesus Christ I will give you. I will give you faith. I will give you faith that you might believe in me. I will give you faith that you may be well-pleasing to me. I will give you faith so that you may be blessed. I will give you faith so that you may gain eternal life through Christ, my my Jesus, my son, my Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. And so he says in verse 2, and here's where we want to focus on today. Verse number 2 grace and peace be multiplied to you. Hallelujah. God, Jesus said, I come that you might have life and have it what? More abundantly, extravagantly. We have an extravagant, abundant God. Hallelujah. He's not a stingy God. He's not a, he's not a, he's not a Scrooge. He doesn't look like, oh, I squeezed something out for you today. Let me, uh, maybe not too much. We have a God who is a God who wants to bless you fully and totally because that's how much he loves you. God loves us beyond our comprehension. And because of his love, he wants to bless your life. And it says grace. You know, undeserved. When you think of grace, everybody knows unmerited favor. Grace, undeserved. We don't deserve anything from God. We don't deserve God's favor. We can't earn it. Man, you know, you, there's nothing you could do or say or buy to earn the grace and the love of God. Because God's too high. We're too low. God's perfect. We're not. And man has repeatedly, as you read the word of God, and you can't say, well, it was them and not me. No, it was everybody. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, hallelujah. And so everyone who was born, everyone who has taken a breath out of the womb has repeatedly rejected God, rebelled against God, ignored God, neglected God, cursed God, disobeyed God, denied God, sinned against God. I can go on and on and on, but that's all of us in this room. There's times that we were rebelling against God and disobeyed God and sinned against God because God is not a liar. He said all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so why did God have to pour out grace upon us? He did not. But because he is a God of love. We don't deserve anything from God except judgment for all our disobedience and all our, our sins and trespasses against God and against one another. We don't, ex- we, we don't deserve anything but judgment and condemnation and to be punished, to, to be separated from God. But God was not pleased that we would, we would be banished from Him. God loves you so much that even in your sin, even in your rebellion, even in, as you curse God, God says, I love you. And it is because He manifested His love through Jesus Christ. He said, Whoever believes by faith in my Son, Jesus Christ, I will wash away all your sin. If you repent and call upon the name of the Lord Jesus and accept Him as Savior and Redeemer, I will wash away all your rebellion. All your sin, all your trespasses, I will wash away all your cursings and all, all the things you've done. I won't even remember them. I won't even bring them to remembrance. They can't even be found anymore. That's grace. That's grace. That's, unmer- that, that's undeserved love. We didn't deserve the love of God, but God de- declared, I want to love you. I do love you. I will always love you regardless of what you've done. That is grace. And God wants that grace to be multiplied upon us. I can't understand, how does God multiply grace? But he says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you. You know, the Bible declares to us in Romans chapter 3, verse 24, jot these verses down if you're taking notes, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Just as if I never rebelled. Just as if I never cursed God. Just as if I never was disobedient to God. Just as as, 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 as as if I never it doesn't matter. We've been justified by grace. Can we that's why I love that song, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. We cannot minimize the grace of God that was so freely given to us. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might become rich. That's grace. That God would send Jesus. He would leave his throne of glory and come down and take the form of man that you may be saved. That's grace. Did you deserve it? That God should get up and leave his throne and come down to save you and to redeem you? That's grace. In whom we have re- Ephesians one seven. In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, the forgiveness of our sins is not by your works, it's not by your doing, it's by the grace of God through the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for you and me. It is blood on Calvary, that's grace. When you look at the cross of Christ, it's grace. He didn't have to go to the cross and shed his body, have his body broken and his blood shed, but it was grace, he he chose to do it. He chose to love you, he chose to want to have you live with him, for eternity. What wonderful grace, amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Ephesians 2, 7, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your tender loving kindnesses, your mercies that are new upon us every morning. That's grace. Every day that you wake up and take a breath, you're living under the grace of God through Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. So God makes it clear that when we have faith comes because there's the grace of God who's able and willing to give faith, impart faith into your being that you may be transformed and changed and come to a place where you can know the wondrous love of God. And it says grace, because once you understand grace, once you understand that it is God who chose to bring you into relationship with him, it is God who chose you to know him and love him and walk with him and respond to him and talk to him, when you know that it is God has opened a place for you to come and praise him and worship him, when you know that by grace God declares to you, I will never leave you nor forsake you, when you know the grace of God, when you understand the grace of God, that it's not by works, it's by faith, that brings a peace into your life. Without grace there is no peace. Without grace, it becomes all work and toil and labor. How can I get God to love me? How can I get God to forgive me? How can I? You can't. You can't. And so when you understand and receive grace, it brings peace into your being. A peace, Jesus said, that passeth all understanding. The Bible says there's no peace for the wicked in Isaiah. There's no peace for the wicked. Because they have not received the grace of God, faith, the grace of God through faith. But to those who believe God, who believe in Jesus Christ, that faith in Christ brings the grace upon them that brings peace into your life. Jesus says, You know, peace means to be assured, confident, secure that God loves you and that God will take care of you. There's a peace when you know that God is watching over your life to love you, to take care of you, to provide for you, to give you strength, to sustain you, to deliver you, to encourage you, that everything you need for life, God will supply. That is peace. Jesus said, "Don't worry about where your next meal's coming from or where this is coming from. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and I'll give all these things. I'll provide for you. That's peace. That's peace. When you walk through the waters, you will not be burned. Well, you will not be drowned. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. That's peace. When you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, fear no evil." For I am with you. That's peace. Through grace. You have a peace in knowing God. Jesus said, "Ah, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world. The world can't give you peace. The world doesn't know what peace is. The world thinks peace is signing a piece of paper and saying, you be good and I'll be good. And that's peace. You don't throw stones at me, I won't throw stones at you. Peace. That's not peace. It's worldly peace, but it's not godly peace. Jesus says in John 16:33, "These things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace." Might have peace. Uh-oh might have peace if you believe what Jesus says. If you believe the teachings of Jesus. If you have my commandments and keep them, you will have peace. If you don't believe the word of God, you are not going to have peace. If you do not believe the word of God, the whole word of God, you will not have peace. Because then you'll be struggling with unbelief. You'll be struggling with doubt. You'll be struggling with all kinds of things. Does God really love me? Does God really care? Is God really going to take care of me? Is God, is God, is God, God. but, 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 but. And you're not going to have peace. But when you believe God's word and receive God's word as truth to your heart and spirit, you will have peace. I cast all my cares upon God. Because he careth for me. Do you believe that? If you believe that, there's a peace that quenches your soul and your spirit and your mind. That's why Jesus said, I've not come to give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. What is a sound mind? It's peace, knowing God is my Father. He's going to take care of me. He's watchful over my life. He will give me what I need when I need it. That's peace. Psalm 4.8, I will both I will both lay me down in peace and sleep. For thou, Lord, makest me to dwell. Only you, Lord, make me to dwell in safety. So many people need medication to get their head on a pillow and fall asleep. There's commercial after commercial. But God says, when you trust me, when you believe in me, I will give you peace that will make you sleep like a baby. I pray every night before we go to bed, Lord, give us sweet sleep, peaceful sleep, according to your word. God is a God through grace, brings peace when we believe the word of God, when we trust God's word, when we say, yes, Lord, I believe. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, because I have to say, yes, Lord. I might not understand, but I believe your word. If you said it, if it's written here, I want it to be applied to my life. I want to be in agreement with your word, Lord God. I don't want to be in agreement with my uh, non-understanding. I want to be in agreement with the word of God spoken to me through Christ. Yes, Lord, I believe it. I don't need scientific evidence before I believe the word of God. I don't need a psychiatric report before I believe the word of God. I don't need anything before I believe the word of God. And let everything else fall as it will. But I believe God's word. And that will bring peace into your life. Minister to many people over the years. And most always. People who cannot have peace. Oh, I love Jesus, but I don't have peace. I'm a, I, I, Well, after you get to talk to them, they don't spend time in the word of God. Well, I don't know if that's for today. I don't know if that's for me. I don't know if that's for... I love them. God loves them. But they're missing the mark. They're missing out on the peace that can encompass their entire being if they only truly believe the word of God. That's why Jesus said, if you believe, if you believe, there are so many ifs in the Bible. On Wednesday night, come and listen to the, to the teachings that are going on. There are so many ifs in the Bible. If, 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 if you believe, if you believe, if you obey, if you obey, if you believe, if you... But God is challenging us to believe. Because through faith and through belief comes, comes the peace that passes all understanding that will guard our heart and mind in Christ Jesus. I don't care what college you went to. I don't care what theology class you took. You got to believe God's word over a theologian. You've got to believe God's word over any course you've learned in college. I don't care what what it good. I'm not saying they're not good. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying this trumps God's word. I remember I was when I was uh, in my early years. Uh, I got saved in the Catholic charismatic renewal and I went to the, the priest who there who was uh, over. He was the moderator of the group. He wanted me to become a priest and I said no. And he said yes. And I said no. And make a long story short, I started to take off off campus college courses with professed seminary professors. And one of the seminary professors, he gave a testimony. He said, you know, I always wanted. He says, I, I always wanted to be a priest. He said, my family rather always wanted me to be a priest. He said, and I really wanted to know the the Bible. And he said, and I got to read the Bible and I started to believe and read the Bible. And and when I started going to seminary, they were teaching me things that I couldn't I, I just couldn't put together with God's word. And he said, and they said, they told me you've got to make a choice. If you want to be a priest, you've got to believe what we tell you. And if you're going to believe what, what the Bible says over what we tell you, you're you're going to disappoint your family because you're never going to become And he says, you know what? He said, after a while, I didn't want to disappoint my family. He said, so after a while, I just said, okay, I'll believe what you teach me. And he says, you know, he says, now I begin to see that what they're saying is right. You see how brainwashed he come because he chose the words of a professor over the word of God. He chose the words of a theologian over the word of God. I don't care who the individual is. They are not greater than God. God's word supersedes any word of man. We can learn to certain levels and we can learn certain things. But when we want to learn the truth that transforms our lives, when we want to learn the true bread of heaven, we have to open the word of God because this is what God has set before us to eat and devour, to meditate on, to say lot, to pause and consider, and to let this word be a fire burning within us. This is what changes us and transforms us, none other. And that man did not have peace in his life anymore. And I just say that to say the Word of God is precious. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith does not come by a degree. Faith, and I'm, not, I'm, I'm all for learning. I'm all for education. I'm all for learning as much as you can. But nothing trumps God's Word. Nothing trumps God's Word. If you stand on God's word, God will bless your life beyond your expectations. He will do more than you could ask or imagine, and you will have peace in your mind and in your spirit. Regardless of what goes on in your life, you will have peace multiplied unto you. Because look at what it says in verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied to you. Multiplied. Peace multiplied, not subtracted. Grace multiplied in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. Knowledge means full, complete. To know Christ personally, fully, to by experience, experientially, by walking with him and talking with him, by meditating on God's word. The Bible tells us to be workmen rightly dividing the word of truth. As we come to God and say, Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, teach me. Let this word of God be be a fire burning. Holy Spirit, let me understand the word of God. I want to be a workman rightly dividing the word of God. Because the word of God is filled. As it says in verse 4, it's filled with precious promises Exceedingly great promises that are made to you. And if we don't understand God's word, we will never understand the promises that God makes to you in his word. People say, oh, those promises are not for me. They're for Israel and they're for somebody else and they're for the apostles and they're for the disciples, but not for me. I'm sorry you're going to live your life without peace. You're living your life in turmoil. You're living your life missing out on the blessings God wants for you. I'm not saying God doesn't love you, but you're missing the mark. God's promises is for everyone who would have faith in him and believe in him. Yeah, there are prophecies that concern the Messiah, but there are promises to the people of God that if you follow me, if you walk according to my way, if you obey my commandments, as Jesus says, I will reveal myself. If you you believe, if you pray and believe, ask what you will. Was it just for them? It's for anyone who believes on the name of Jesus Christ. It's for anyone who would have faith in the Son of God who gave himself for you and died for you. It's that knowledge that you understand, knowledge of the Word of God. It's a knowledge that touches our heart. It's not a knowledge that just fills our head. It's a knowledge that fills our heart and our soul and our entire being. It's a knowledge that transforms our lives. Knowledge is power. Jesus says you will know, will make you know the truth. And it will set you free, free to worship God, free free to know, free to fellowship with God. That's what it makes you free to do. The word of God makes you free to fellowship with God to whatever extent you want. You can go as deep as you want to go in your fellowship with God. There are no limitations. That's the freedom that God gives you. God says, I will, you can, you are free to come and fellowship with me and know me as, as deeply as you want to know me. No limitations. I want to know you more today, Lord, than I did yesterday. No limitations. I want to know you more today than I did yesterday. God doesn't limit you. When you graduate school, when you graduate eighth grade, you can't go back and say, I want to ta- go through grammar school or whatever it is again. No, you graduated. Now move on. Now you've got to go to high school. Now you go to college. Now you go to the, the graduate school. Now you can, go, you can go to school as much as you want. Who chooses to do that? You do. And God says... That as if you choose to just keep learning more about the Lord, he will he will he'll give it to you. Do you think you know it all when you graduated grammar school? Do you think you knew it all when you graduated high school? You think you, well, maybe some did, but do you think you knew it all when you graduated college? You think you knew it all when you graduated grad school? Things are ever changing in the world, aren't they? I don't care what kind of degree you have. There's always continue, continual, continuing education, they call it. And so it is with God. It's continuing education in, in, in knowing him, in the, in the ways of God, in the things of God. It's a continual education. God wants to bring you onward and upward, that your faith, that, that you, you, you may grow in your most holy faith, that you may grow in your relationship to the Lord. And it says, grace and peace are multiplied to you as you grow, as you, as you choose more knowledge. As you choose to know Jesus more today than you did yesterday. Jesus, I must decrease, you must increase. Hallelujah. My stinking thinking's got to go, and I need the mind of Christ. Help me, Lord, to have more of the mind of Christ today than I did yesterday. Help me, Lord God. Hallelujah. He's granted to us. Verse 3. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life. To life. His grace brings peace into your life. A peace that wants, that makes you understand God wants you to know him. God wants to love on you. God wants you to love him. God wants to be a loving father. God wants to be a compassionate father. God wants to be a provider. God wants to provide all that you need for life both now and forever. Why does Jesus say I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, you may be also forever. But Jesus says that while you live, I will bless you in the land of the living, and while you live, I will take care of you. I will never leave you nor forsake you in this life, neither will I forsake you. I will give you eternal life in the life to come. That's peace. But that comes through knowledge of his word that says that's a promise to me, that in my walk today on the face of this earth, as I journey through the towns of uh, wherever, Bloomsburg, Berwick, God is with me. He's never leaving me nor for me. I want to know him more today while I live and that when uh, he's going to provide for me today, tomorrow, and forever. That's a peace. And that's what's multiplied. He wants to multiply it. The world is always taken away, but God is always adding. God always wants to multiply that piece. And he wants to give us a life by his divine power. He's granted to us everything pertaining to life. God has the power to make things happen so that you can be provided for. God is almighty. God is all powerful. God, all the silver and gold belongs to God. The cattle on a thousand hills belongs to God. He has the power to put meat in the mouth of a raven to bring it to you if he needs to. God has the power to take care of you. And if you have faith to believe that, through the grace of God, the peace of God will come upon you and let you know, God will take care of me to all things pertaining to life. I believe him. I believe God through Jesus Christ. God has given us Jesus. Listen, that grace and peace be multiplied to us. And that he give us everything pertaining to life. We've got to remember, we can never forget the wondrous gift of God through Christ Jesus. That he's the gift giver, you're the recipient of the gift. What do you do with the gift is up to you. I do not. Suggest or recommend that anyone play the lottery. That's entirely up to you. If someone came and gave to you a lottery ticket and said, Here, I bought a lottery ticket, here. They put it in your hand. You didn't pay for it. You didn't ask for it. Someone just gave it to you. You look at the ticket and you see a number and it's announced that that number is the winner of 10 million dollars. What would you do with that ticket? What would you do with that ticket? Would you rip it up? Would you throw it away? Would you put it on the table and say, I'll think about it, cashing it in. What would you do with a 10 million dollar lottery ticket if someone gave it to you as a gift? Would you run and cash it in? God has given grace and peace to you through Jesus Christ. The gift of God to you is greater than any lottery ticket. God has given you his only begotten son that whosoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life. And through that life in Christ comes grace and peace and provision and every blessing that you can think of, I will give to you and provide for you. We need to cash in. Uh, Let me put it that way. We need to cash in on the gift of Jesus Christ by having our lives change and transformed, and saying, yes, Lord, I want to cash in on the shed blood of Christ that washes away my sin and makes me a new creation. I want to, I want to cash in on the promise of having eternal life with you. I want to cash in and knowing you'll never leave me nor forsake me. I want to cash in, Lord God, on the grace and the peace that gives me, the peace that passeth all understanding that God My heart and mind. Lord, I want to cash in on the blessed promises of God that you hear me when I pray, that you'll hear me when I call. Jesus, I want to cash in on that. I receive it as a precious gift. Thank you that I did not earn it or purchase it, but you gave it to me. You offered it to me. And I say, yes, Lord, I choose it. I want it. I desire it, Lord God. This is what God has done for us, freely given unto us. What do you do with him? We cash him in, but look what it says in verse seven: that we might have everything pertaining to life and godliness. We can cash in a lottery ticket and take that money to do whatever we want, spend it on our pleasures, on all kinds of stuff. But when we cash in, when we come to Christ and say, yes, Lord, I repent, change my life. I want to live for you. We're saying, Lord, I want to cash in on my life of ungodliness, and I want to live now a life of godliness. That's why it says His power has been given to give you everything that pertains to life and to a godly life, not just a life to live as you please, not just a life to live for your pleasures and wants and desires, but a life that lives to please God. A life that lives to say, Lord, I want my life to be well-pleasing to you, fruitful for you, and blessing for my brothers and sisters. So God gives us grace and peace to be multiplied in the knowledge of God that he might give us everything that pertains to life and to become new creation, sons of God, living godly lives. Godly lives. If you just know Jesus as Savior, oh, he loves me. No matter what I do, he loves me. Well, God doesn't love you. But God loves you, that your life might be changed to live a godly life. A life of whole righteousness. Not a life that you're perfect and you don't do anything wrong. But a life where you want to please God. You want to be more like Jesus. You want to live a godly life. And that's what it says. In godliness through the knowledge of him who called you. By his own glory and virtue. Because God... When someone sees how God has changed and transformed your life, when someone sees how you're living for God, you love Jesus and you're living for him, what happens? God gets the glory. The attributes of God are shown and made manifest. That God is a God of love, a power of mind, That God is a God who just wants to bring beauty for ashes. God wants to take a life that everyone wants to throw away or counts as nothing. But God says, no, you are a precious jewel. You are my son. You are my daughter. And your life matters. Your life is fruitful. Your life is glorious. Your life is good. God calls us to an upward invitation, an upward call of God. It's a holy calling. It's an elevating calling. It's an encouraging calling. God, the world sees us as undesirable. Oh, who would want you? Who would want somebody taking drugs and and, and freaking out? Who would want somebody that's that's doing this and doing that? Who would want somebody like that? I don't want them in my employ. I don't want them in my neighborhood. I don't want them here and there. The world puts you down and labels you and classifies you and say, no, you live on that side of town. We'll live on this side of town. But God says, whoever has faith, come and become a child of God and live in my kingdom and in my house. God elevates you when you have faith to a place of worth and of value that you're a child of God the Son of God, regardless of what the world thinks of you, God looks at your faith and said, if you believe, I will elevate you to make you a child of God, a son, a daughter, and you can lift your head up and be proud that I love you and called you by name. God looks at your faith, and when God sees your faith, he elevates you. Come. Come and believe on my Son that I might love you, that I might clothe you in righteousness, clothe you with garments of righteousness, a garment of salvation and a robe of righteousness. Come that I might put upon you a name and I might call you my son and my daughter. Come that I might provide for your every need. It doesn't matter if the world says you're of no self-esteem or you have no... God looks at you And he says, I hold you in high esteem, my child. He says, oh, you are the holder of true wealth and you are the holder of true riches. It doesn't matter what the world looks at and esteems as valuable. as No, the, the, the treasures of this world mean nothing to God. What matters to God is your faith that you dare to believe him. And then you become inheritors of true wealth, of true riches that this world knows not of. Riches that exceed the things of this world. And that's why the word of God, grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. Because his divine power through that knowledge as you grow, his knowledge makes you understand God will take care of you in this life. God will provide for you, but God wants you to be transformed into the image of Christ, becoming living godly lives through him. And then your understanding that all those precious promises are for you, are for you. Paul says in Galatians 5, you all know this, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all those things. The Bible says, add to your faith. 2 Peter 1.5, add to your faith. Give all diligence and add to your faith virtue. And to virtue, knowledge. God wants you to grow in knowledge of him through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit at work in you makes Christ, he opens up the realms of who Christ is and what he's done for you. He makes you understand the wonders of the word of God and the promises of God. And as you come into that expanded knowledge for you personally, God brings you to a place that has a peace that passeth all understanding that will guard your heart and your mind. So that no matter what you read in the paper, no matter what you see on TV, no matter what someone says to you, you say, I know in whom I have believed. That's what Paul says. I know in whom I have believed. He didn't say, I know in what I have believed. He didn't say, I know that which I believe. He said, I know in whom I have believed. I have believed in Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, who gave himself for me. And that through him comes grace and peace multiplied unto me. And that as I get to know Jesus more and more, I come into the knowledge that that I know that God will never leave me or forsake me. He'll provide for all of my needs, regardless of what anyone says, that I trust the word of the living God, that he will provide for me, and that he will see me through the days of my life. I want to live for him, and I want to praise God. Oh, praise the riches and the glory of God who's loved you and gave himself for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Grace and peace be multiplied. Be multiplied unto you through knowledge of God through Christ Jesus. How many of you desire to to spend time with Jesus? To know him more. Lord, I don't care what books written about you say. I don't care what this one or that one says, I don't want to listen to TV or radio preachers. I'm not saying that's bad, but I want to listen to the Word of God. I want to tune in to uh, to www Jesus. You know, Word of God. I want to tune into to the Word of God, Lord, and I want Your Word to fill my ears. You'll be in a whole better place. God loves you. you know where. It's God loves you, but God wants you to come to a place of desiring to know him as the deer pants for the water. So my soul longeth after you, Lord. You're the living word of God. And as you come to the word of God, there's nothing more precious than the word of God. That is everything. That is the foundation of everything. And if you stand on the word of God and dare to believe God's word, Oh, what a blessed place you'll find yourself to be. What a blessed place you find yourself to be. Hallelujah. Stand with me.